This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today is Monday, September 20th, 2021, and here are three things you have to know to be smart today. Our first story, FedFest 2021 bombs. And not in the way the FBI wanted it to. Hundreds of media and undercover federal agents eagerly gathered to watch a January 6th rerun and ended up just staring at each other in the middle of an empty field. Undercover agents even arrested each other and spawned 1,000 new hilarious memes. In our second story, Invasion. Thousands of unvetted Haitian migrants pour into our country as the Biden administration panics to control the worst visuals of open borders in American history. Tens of thousands of migrants packed under a Texas bridge because there are not enough border agents to deal with them as the FAA bans news drones, Fox News drones, from flying over a bridge to get pictures of the crisis truly unprecedented. What is Joe Biden doing about it? Joe Biden's on vacation on the beach as border czar Kamala Harris flips off American laws and her own duties instead by flipping a coin at a football game. And finally, two-time failed Senate and presidential candidate Beto O'Rourke has decided his next political move, and Texas Republicans rejoice. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. Justice for January 6th protest. Much anticipated. The media told you that it was going to burn Washington, D.C. to the ground. A rerun, a retelling of the January 6th horrors when little old ladies walked through the United States Capitol holding American flags and didn't know where they were or what they were doing. Yes, that's right. It was all going to happen all over again. People would rummage through Nancy Pelosi's desks. They would tear the Capitol to pieces and And we would have, once again, an insurrection, except for the only people that attended this rally were members of the media and undercover FBI agents. That's right. (laughs) That's right. This was called FedFest 2021 by internet and meme creators. FBI, the FBI Fry Festival is what the meme community's online called this. It was such a disaster, such a narrative fail and a collapse for the hysterical left who gains power from events like these. They gain power because they want you to be scared and they want to subvert the narratives of true insurrection and true anarchy in their cities and on the institutional left. They have institutional power and they use that power for violence. We'll get into that in just a moment, but let's wrap up what they told you was going to be January 6th all over again, all right? Despite reports of political and potential violence, and beefed up security, including the National Guard and fencing, Saturday's Justice for J6 rally attracted just a few hundred demonstrators and ended without major incidents. Photos and videos taken around the Capitol show media and police, many heavily armed in riot gear, vastly outnumber protesters who were gathered in support of the defendants detained in connection with the January 6th Capitol attack. We condemn all violence and political violence, said Matt Brainard, founder and organizer of the rally. 
I'm demanding that you all are respectful and obedient to police officers today. In fact, I'd like to start off. Can we please have a round of applause for our police officers? Then the audience applauded. (laughs) Talk about a narrative destroyed. (laughs) Then a string of speakers spoke for about 90 minutes and condemned anyone who had acted violently on January 6th. See, this is the difference, ladies and gentlemen. This is the difference. I used to live in Washington, D.C. The reason my family fled, and I mean fled with our lives, to Florida where we are now, is that the people in Florida appreciate law and order. The people in Florida appreciate freedom. They actually have freedom, and they understand that freedom hangs by a thread. I walked directly up to Nancy Pelosi while I was still living in Washington, D.C. I walked right up to her with my camera rolling. I looked her in the face. She was at an event right down the street from my home. I looked her in the face, and I said, Speaker Pelosi... Will you condemn Antifa? Speaker Pelosi, will you denounce Antifa and leftist violence before the election? Will you denounce Antifa? Excuse us, sir. She laughed at me, pointed her finger at me, glared at me, started to respond, and then her security whisked her away. She thought better of it and walked off. AOC has been asked to denounce Antifa. Joe Biden has been asked to denounce Antifa. The left will not denounce violence on the left. It is too politically expedient for them. It is too helpful for them. They control and care about only a singular issue, and that is power. Oftentimes, this violence and violence towards their political enemies get them power. So you will not find leftists having chants like this at their marches. You will not find leftists denouncing Antifa or violent elements of their movements. On the right, it happens all the time. It happened on my show, it happened on this show, and it happened from our own president at the time, the denunciation of violence. Of course, there won't be any such denunciation on the left. Antifa BLM riots were far too politically expedient to them. You may remember that Nancy Pelosi, that same Nancy Pelosi who I asked to denounce Antifa to her face, who glared and giggled at me, she kneeled. She put on a kente cloth and she kneeled along with all of the other Democrats in leadership in the House. They kneel to that which gives them power. Nothing but power. That's why they say rest in power. It's only about power. That is all that they seek. Their violence allows them power and therefore there's absolutely no moral equivalency here. Here you have the speaker of this rally saying, I want to start off by condemning all violence. Let's have a round of applause for the police. But in spite of their vocal support for police officers, it turns out that there was indeed an arrest. Yes, we have here from a verified reporter on the ground, Ford Fisher, saying that earlier at the Justice for January 6th, defendants rally police surrounded a masked man reportedly armed with a firearm. He tells them where the gun is, and then he pulls out his badge. He's undercover law enforcement. Without disarming or handcuffing him, police extract him from the event. So So the one arrest at this event was an undercover agent. The police were so desperate to get their hands on somebody that they started arresting themselves. That's right. They arrested their own. That is what spawned a thousand wonderful memes. This event was packed full of memeable moments, but the best was a photo from a Twitter user of Fed Boys. So you have the Fed Boys, Fed Boy Summer. All of these guys that are in attendance at this event 
who look just like federal agents, but they're standing there in plain clothes, little shorts, their little t-shirts rolled up, standing there. How do you do fellow MAGA member? How do you do fellow PED? How do you do fellow Keck? Yeah, you have the greatest series of Fed Boy memes on here. We posted a ton of them. It is so clownish how our government attempted. It, it's really, when you see the actual work of our FBI up close, and you hear, for instance, the testimony about Larry Nasser last week, heartbreaking stuff from the U.S. gymnast team, or when you look at some of the botched investigations that they have been focusing on, it becomes really a humiliation that the FBI sent what presumably, according to these memes, looks like 20 different undercover agents to a rally that had maybe 10 people at it. Larry Nasser gets off scot-free after a full investigation, a serial rapist and pederast, and Granny, who shows up for the Justice for J6 rally, gets seven federal agents in plain clothes standing next to her. How do you do fellow MAGA member? Yeah, (laughs) you people are not fooling anyone. (laughs) Some of these memes, some of these memes, we've been posting, we've been posting a lot of these. Some of these memes are just so good. You can see the firearms in their pockets. Every single one of them has firearms in their pockets. You can see them. Nothing to see here. Amber Crombie and Snitch. (laughs) <laughs> Fed Boy Edition, Only Feds from Grand Old Memes, very good. NPC FBI agents, yes. Uh, you have the White House summer intern TikTok, that cringe enthusing summer intern TikTok. You know, the still from when he's on his cell phone and he's talking to Jen Psaki. Don't worry, I dressed the undercover agents myself. They'll blend right in. That's perfect. Steal his look. Yeah, very good. Voice activated spy microphone. <laughs> The Spider-Man pointing at meme. Yeah, this is very, very good. When you throw a company picnic for your internet friends and they don't show. Yeah. It spawned just the best the best political meme, I think, in uh, the last summer. That the, the, the best political meme of this summer. This summer, for sure. Very, very good stuff here. Yeah, FedFest, not exactly a success for these guys. They really thought they'd have their own January 6th back on their hands. But indeed, what they had was a really small, peaceful protest, small gathering of very rational people standing in a field. And there were more reporters and more cops and more undercover feds out there than there were actual protesters. This from Fox News, media pundits mocked for still trying to make news out of a dud rally on Capitol Hill. Analysts tore into the mass media who hyped the potential danger of Saturday's rally in Washington, D.C., only to find that the actual attendees were outnumbered by police and the press. But that did not turn into any violence and awkward ratio of participants to press became clear to reporters as soon as the event got underway. Here are tweets from some verified reporters in Washington, D.C. showing images of the rally and all of the federal agents and all of the media standing by. Still seems like more press than protesters, less than one demonstrator per member of Congress as the scheduled events begin. Attendance at the Justice for January 6th rally is almost all press, very few actual rally attendees. Current scene at the Justice for January 6th rally seems more like press than actual rally attendees. Yeah, that's exactly what this was. You can look 
out at a, precisely why the media wants to cover this. You need to take a step back and recognize that the media right now essentially act as the human centipede for the DNC. Anything that the DNC wants propagated, wants recycled out into the narrative mainstream gets just pushed and pushed. And January 6th must be the focus of attention because everything, everything in Joe Biden's failed presidency has gone so disastrously wrong. They must have you focus, narrow, laser focus on January 6th. You must remember Trump. You must remember January 6th. You can't look at the border. Don't look at Afghanistan. Do not look at inflation. Do not look at the price of your gasoline. Do not look at the price of your food. They want violence. The media want carnage. They want riots, but only the riots from the right. You see, they are completely blind to the riots of the left. They told you all summer to not believe your lying eyes as you watched cities burn in this country. They said it wasn't happening. They called it peaceful protests. Everyone from Mark Milley on down was in on it. And when I say human centipede, I mean it. I mean the regurgitation of low IQ, low information talking points come down from the top. It comes from the top. The problem is for guys like me and for honest people in journalism and storytelling, we saw all too clearly what was actually happening. I went to Chaz. I went to the streets of Portland. I saw the courthouse. I saw the violence that was begotten in Minneapolis with my own two eyes. I saw the burned down police station and I saw the burned down St. James Church in Washington, D.C. I stood in the middle of the smoldering White House groundskeeper structure that was burnt to the ground. It was still on fire when I stood inside of it. If that is not an insurrection, then I don't know what is. Burning down your own White House. This was a historic part of the structure of the White House, and it was torched to embers. It is still in a smoldering pile of rubble to this day. I was there to cover all of this. I, of course, lived and worked in Washington, D.C. for the last 15 years. And in order to create some type of true history of political violence in our country, we created uh, a bit of a retelling of what the last four years were like at the very end of the Trump administration. Go ahead and listen to this. It'll be a nice little trip down memory lane. Who radicalized this country? Who engaged in political violence? Who normalized the carnage that we see right now in the American political system? Have a listen. On January 20th, 2017, the day of Donald Trump's inauguration, Washington, D.C. looked like a war zone. Here are the images of leftists attacking police and setting our nation's capital ablaze. Days after the inauguration, Madonna encouraged leftists at a massive rally in Washington, D.C. to blow up the White House. Listen to them cheer when she says this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Yes, I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. Just moments later, Kathy Griffin, an alleged comedian, posed with a photo of the decapitated head of the President of the United States. The most violent attack in congressional history took place soon thereafter when a President Trump-hating leftist named James Hodgkisson opened fire on congressional conservatives, members of Congress, who were practicing for a baseball game. Hodgkisson said on social media, Trump is a traitor. Trump has destroyed our democracy. It's time to destroy Trump. He also volunteered for Bernie Sanders. Here is prominent leftist Maxine Waters one year after the congressional shooting. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. That is dehumanizing language that leads to violence. And that's exactly what happened. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders attacked in public by leftists. Senator Ted Cruz attacked in public by leftists. Tucker Carlson's wife and family home attacked by leftists. Rand Paul attacked by leftists with a hammer and sent to the hospital. And so then people say, oh, well, I kind of deserve this because it was a dispute or it was an altercation. And it's like, well, no, I haven't had any conversation with this guy and I get attacked from behind, don't know he's coming. And the first thing I know is six of my ribs are broken. So it has been, it's been a tough time. Capitol Hill was a war zone during the Kavanaugh hearings. I was there. Hearing rooms and Senate offices were stormed by the mob. The Capitol steps and Supreme Court were stormed as well. 18 months after Kavanaugh's violent confirmation, a vicious, deadly Antifa and BLM protest began to overflow onto American streets. Dozens of innocent Americans were killed, including President Trump supporters who were hunted in the streets like dogs and murdered. Hundreds of millions of dollars in property damage, lives forever destroyed by the leftist mob. Leftists and journalists today are horrified by the damage and looting of our US Capitol. Rightfully so, we all should be. But if you didn't say anything about the carnage this summer, then shut up. Historic churches in Washington, D.C. were set ablaze, and the left said nothing. The White House grounds were set ablaze, and the left said nothing. We covered it extensively on this show. We were there. A federal courthouse was bombed and attacked by a leftist mob for over 60 days. The leftist mob sent dozens of federal officers to the hospital after their attacks, ceaseless attacks, for months on end attacks on this federal courthouse. Did you hear a word about it from the left? Did you hear a single denunciation of this attack from the left? Of course you didn't. Soon to be Vice President Kamala Harris, in fact, supported bail for rioters and looters in Minneapolis. Her tweet is still up. Soon to be President of the United States, Joe Biden had multiple members of his campaign donate to free violent protesters and domestic terrorists from jail. 
AOC and Sally Cohn and CNN's Chris Cuomo encouraged the violence explicitly. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets, persistent and poisonous inequities and injustice. And please, show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Will you condemn Antifa for the attack in Washington? It's easy to condemn a terrorist attack. When asked to denounce Antifa and the death and horror they have caused, soon to be President of the United States, Joe Biden refused and he called Antifa an idea. Antifa is an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it, Not militia. Yes, we got to this day because leftists have normalized and endorsed political violence. They did it for power. This has broken our nation. And so spare me your newfound outrage, you soulless ghouls. So many of those disastrous cultural kneecapping moments from the left had absolutely no ramifications. There was no politicization of them by the right because as often happens, the right isn't necessarily focused on power. The left uses every instance to gain further power. The right often wants to sing kumbaya. So when a Bernie Sanders supporter and volunteer, a member of Bernie Sanders' campaign, goes and targets Republicans for execution, most Republicans just sing kumbaya. They don't utilize it as the natural outgrowth of the dangerous rhetoric of the left. They don't use it as the natural outgrowth towards the militarization of a population against a political ideology. It's no longer became politics. It's become war for these people. And that's exactly what it's going to turn into. A civil war truly is approaching because there's not going to be an America left if we allow what's happening right now to continue. As you watch militarized police deploy in Washington, D.C., as you saw military vehicles surrounding the capitals and gates, fencing, and facial recognition technology, all manner of drones and cameras to be pointed at your fellow Americans built in Washington, D.C. to protect the powerful, an actual invasion, an actual terrorist threat, was occurring in real time on our border. Truly an invasion by every definition of the word. Look it up, Webster's Dictionary. The definition of invasion, an incursion by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity. Webster's Dictionary. What is the definition of invasion? An unwelcome intrusion into another's domain. That is an invasion. This right now happening on our border is an invasion. The footage has been shocking. Surely you've seen it. Thousands of Haitians pouring across the border, unencumbered, allowed to amass, amass like a invading army on the Texas side of the border to wander ashore unencumbered. And then the border patrol utterly helpless to do anything about it. Now I read to you from foxnews.com. Haitian camp crisis brings chaos to two small cities on the Texas-Mexico border. That's right. Remember, Benny, you shouldn't say the word invasion. That connotes something that is a wartime act. Well, it is war, for one. It's a war on our culture. But number two, 
definitionally, this is indeed an invasion, an unwelcome intrusion into another's domain. Do you think these Texas cities, do you think the American cities right now, that are right now being starved and affected and choked off by the sheer number of dangerous migrants flooding their system, evaporating their law enforcement capacity, actually cutting down on food supplies. We have this story for you. Cutting down on the ability for people to eat. This is happening. It is indeed, by every definition, an invasion. Invasion, defined. An incursion by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity. Directly from Webster's Dictionary, listen to what's happening right now in these Texas towns. The crisis unfolding at a makeshift camp of nearly 15,000 mostly Haitian migrants under the Del Rio International Bridge has a devastating impact on the local community of Del Rio, Texas. Although mostly out of the public eye due to the remote location of the camp, residents are feeling the impact of the small town. The closure of ports and entry leading to Acuna, Mexico, forced many local businesses in Del Rio to cooperate with fewer employees. As other cities along the border, Del Rio, Acuna, have symbolic relationships based on legitimate cross-border trade and travel. The back-and-forth daily crossings between the border keep the economies of both working in harmony. Hundreds of United States citizens and legal permanent residents live in Mexico and commute daily to work. Many Del Rio residents cross into their sister city in Mexico for doctor's visits, to shop, and to dine, to get food. They have now been utterly shut out by a military presence. Thank God the Texas governor, Texas Governor Abbott, finally sent the Highway Patrol and National Guard down to block the border, to maintain our border. A moment on this issue, guys. You do not have a republic. You no longer have a country if you do not have borders. If you cannot control who is exiting or entering your country, you do not have a country. It is implied that nations that are sovereign have sovereign borders. Go travel over to Europe. I find this so interesting. I ask oftentimes when I meet a leftist or when we have a conversation about borders, I tell them, have you ever traveled to Europe? You want to turn America into Europe. You see the egalitarian liberalism of Europe and you admire it and you wish for that. Have you ever gone to a place like Greece and seen what Greece's borders look like with, say, Albania? A country that isn't in the European Union, but that wants the free stuff in Greece. They want the benefits of being in the European Union. They want the security, but they live in Albania. Albania, I've been there. It's not a bad country. I actually had a very nice time there. But it's not Greece. It's second world. Greece is first world by most measures. And so the borders between Greece, a what would be called a liberal or a leftist country, right? They have a socialist government. The borders between Greece and Albania looks like something out of a Spartan book. Looks like something out of the Peloponnesian War. There was barbed wire, tall fences, border guards with armed guns. We only got through because my wife used our American passports and essentially begged the guard to get us through because we were going to miss our flight. We were standing and waiting in line to get into Greece this large, burly man with a rifle, I don't know what kind of rifle, with a rifle was able to get us through, well, presumably 
tens of thousands of Albanians waited on the other side of a very locked down border. This is what you must do when you have different economies and certainly when you have social welfare states. And so if you do not, if you are someone in Haiti and there was just a horrible earthquake and there's nothing but poverty and 50% poverty, 50% unemployment in every direction, there's diseases, it is a terrible life, it is a failed state by many measures, and then you are able to enter into America, I don't know how they get here, I think someone should be really start looking into that, how are Haitians leaving a small Caribbean island and getting to Texas, the Texas-Mexico border, I think that's an important question, but most importantly in that question is what happens to them, are they stopped? There are laws on the books that are far older than your parents and my parents that state very simply entering into the American mainland without permission is illegal. Entering into our sovereign country is illegal and you are a criminal when you do it. So what is the what is the effect for criminal migrants entering into our country? Well, one, hopefully right now they can't enter as easily. Governor Greg Abbott, of course, deployed a contingent of Texas Department of Public Safety, DPS, Highway Patrol troopers to stop the flow of mostly Haitian migrants and crossing into the Rio Grande. If you look at the photos of this, you'll see 1,000 troopers and National Guard soldiers standing at the border. It looks like a defensive position for an invasion. It's what it looks like. It looks like a defensive position for an invasion of a country, and that is precisely what is happening. Militarized vehicles on our border, soldiers standing guard, barbed wire, because America is being invaded. It is the definition of the term invasion. It is not offensive. It is not wrong. You must know who is entering your country, and you must have control over who is entering your country. I was on the southern border uh, two days ago. I went to the border between Mexico and Arizona, Yuma, Arizona. And while we were filming and we were recording this podcast on the border, I was standing one foot in Mexico, one foot in America, standing directly in the middle of the open border to explain to people that no, our border is not closed. Yes, our border is open. While we were standing there recording, 25 migrants went running through our shot, running through our shot, running to the border patrol. They ran to the Border Patrol to Joe Biden welcome centers, which is what I call them. We're going to do a full documentary on this and release it at Turning Point USA. So please check them out. Please follow them on YouTube. This is where the documentary is going to be. They went directly to the Joe Biden welcome center, which is the only structures that Joe Biden has built on the border. A welcome center that is like a small hut that provides shade, that has water, and that has garbage receptacles and has little podiums in order for them to fill out immigration forms. And then we released 25 illegal criminal migrants break our laws, cross into our country, get welcomed at a welcome station. Border Patrol was standing right there and he just shrugs his arms, looks at us, looks at our cameras and goes, what's up, man? What can I do? I can't do anything. That is precisely what is happening right now in Texas. Greg Abbott can send tanks and planes and anything he wants to the border 
He can put up as much barbed wire as he wants. But the Biden administration has stated that if you get onto American soil, and if you are a family unit, whatever that means, which it means whatever they want it to mean, especially means whatever human and child smugglers want it to mean, the worst people on earth, modern-day slavery, modern-day slave traders indeed. That is precisely what is happening on our southern border, the modern-day slave trade. Well, the Biden administration has said that those people, modern-day slavers, can just be released. That's right. Bill Mnuchin, Fox News, has this statement from the U.S. Border Patrol Chief Raul Ortiz. He says that there are currently 12,600 migrants under the bridge in Del Rio, Texas. You've seen the footage. He told me a single adult men will be expelled via Title 42, a Remain in Mexico policy. But most family units will be processed and released into the United States with a notice to appear. All that is is a little slip of paper that says, please go to your nearest border and customs agency whenever you get to where you want to go. Is it your neighborhood? Is it my neighborhood? Who are these people? They don't care. They don't care and it's illegal. A court has reinstated the Remain in Mexico policy that was so successful under the Trump administration. A court has reinstated it in the Biden administration as they often do, are just shucking it directly into the trash. Remember, rest in power. It's all about power for these people. The courts don't matter. None of it matters. All that matters is that they are able to facilitate this invasion. It is malevolent. It's evil. Part of it is just pure partisan hackery. They didn't want to continue Trump's wall. I was able to see the wall rusting in the desert. And part of it is just that they hate you. And they think that you're stupid. They do. They think that you're stupid because at the very same time, at the very same time that they stopped the construction of the wall in Yuma, Arizona, I was able to see the slats of the wall rusting and rotting in the desert. All it would have taken is one more month and that section of the wall would have been completed and it would have saved Yuma, Arizona which is now seeing massive increases in crime, massive increases in Ebola outbreaks because people are treading through their fields. They grow a lot of produce in Yuma. This is causing, this is causing uh, Ebola outbreaks, all of the migrants trampling through the fields. And indeed, you have now a situation where Yuma is just deluged like many of these other border towns. It is a crisis, and even Democrat-controlled cities are calling it a crisis. But here we have the administration focused entirely on COVID, not on the border, but on you, not on the people entering our country that are not Americans. They're focused on you, native born Americans. They want to make it extremely hard for you to exist in your country of your birth, where you have natural rights given to you by God without a vaccine, without a government-mandated vaccine for work. You saw the vaccine mandates. It is unconstitutional. It is an egregious misuse of federal power and executive power. Joe Biden has no right under executive power to tell private American businesses what can and cannot go into their employees' bodies and if you do not have control over what goes into your body, and if you do not have control over what is happening to your body, 
then you indeed are a slave. The Biden administration is focused on that, but they are not focused on their border. That creates a shocking COVID hypocrisy where Francis Collins, the NIH director, was asked this weekend on Fox News whether they are going to be COVID testing migrants entering our country by the millions. 1.4 million is the number of migrants that have illegally entered into this country so far this year. And what did he have to say? Listen. No mandate for illegal immigrants crossing the border who have a really high incidence. Why not? I can't answer the question, Chris. I'm not in those conversations. I know that uh, vaccines are being offered uh, to people in that situation. I guess you're asking why is it not mandated? That would have to be a question for someone else. Would, from a public health point of view, would that be healthier for the country to, to make sure that every person coming across the border illegally gets a vaccine? Well, I would say whether they're coming across the border or they're somewhere else in the world, yes. The irony of all that, of course, was not lost on Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, of course, came down on the administration and went to the Del Rio Bridge. Ted Cruz standing up for the people of Texas. Listen to this. This is a disaster, and it is a man-made disaster. It is the result of political decisions, and Joe Biden could end this tomorrow by simply following the law. Ladies and gentlemen, this country will break. This country will snap under this level of hypocrisy. People won't stand for it. You will get a civil war. This country will break. You will have the great separation if this continues. People will not allow it. They won't live like it. They can't live in under such a structure of lies and hypocrisy. It collapses after a while. And this administration truly is creating that environment. It's creating an environment where their own side, their own party actually turns against them. On this issue, Democrats have turned against the Biden administration, border Democrats, House members, Henry Quayliar, a House member, has turned, a Democrat has turned against the Biden administration on this issue. He's a Texas representative. He is a Democrat. He represents one of these border districts, and he himself has turned on the Biden administration. Listen to this. And in fact, I think it was within a week of inauguration, I had called my White House contact, and I said, I want you all to look at what's happening on the ground. I'm talking to the men and women on the ground. I'm talking to NGOs. The numbers are increasing. You have to pay attention to this. And I've tried several times. Uh, and here we are. We don't get a handle of this. Uh, this is going to be, become a political problem. Uh, I'm a Democrat. I support a Biden. But this will become a political problem. When your own party is saying that you are facilitating the collapse of security in your country, that you are facilitating the lawlessness and the breakdown of society in their districts, you have a real problem. Truly. You have a real problem. Part of it is that the administration just doesn't seem to care. It do just doesn't seem to care for whatever perverse ends. They do not seem to care about this specific issue. This week, of course, as the border is under absolute chaos, as there is a legitimate invasion going on on the southern border, while the National Guard is being deployed, what was Joe Biden doing? Riding his bike. That's right. Joe Biden goes for a bike ride at the beach amid national crises, refuses to answer questions. This was what 
your president was doing. Biden went for a bike ride at the beach on Sunday amid multiple national crises. He refused to answer reporters' questions as he biked past them. Mr. President, will you t- what will you tell Emmanuel Macron, a reporter asked as Biden sped by. Biden is set to call the French president, Emmanuel Macron, to resolve diplomatic crises that has developed over the past week. Biden also faces national crises on the southern border and Afghanistan. Joe Biden is biking in Delaware along the beach as the country collapses into flames. What was Kamala Harris doing? Kamala Harris is the border czar. She's the border czar that oversees the nightmare that is currently going on at the border. You may remember that she she refused to go to the border for many months. She equated it with going to Europe. She said she hasn't gone to the border and she hasn't gone to Europe, so stop being mean to me. She finally went to the border, and I air quote, because she went about, I don't know, 10, 20 miles from the border. She sat on an airplane tarmac, did most of her meetings inside of an airplane hangar. She didn't actually go to the border. Kamala Harris still hasn't gone to the border, and she didn't go to the border this weekend. She didn't even speak out about the current invasion at our border that is requiring National Guard troops to show up to protect American communities. Kamala Harris flipped off the people of Texas, flipped off their communities, flipped off their safety, and also flipped a coin. That's right. Kamala Harris went to a football game in Washington, D.C. to toss a coin. The Howard University football game. The coin toss was very cringeworthy. You can see it. Uh, She kind of like throws the coin and it goes really far the wrong direction. And uh, then she giggles like a hyena, as always. So you have total absentee American leadership in our administration, and that is leading to not great poll numbers for Joe Biden. That's right. American people are starting to actually see what the president is doing. They're starting to feel the president's policies, and now you're watching Joe Biden hit his lowest approval of his presidency, according to a Reuters Ipsos poll. Public approval of President Joe Biden has dropped to the lowest level of his presidency, with Americans appearing to increasingly criticize his response to the coronavirus pandemic, according to the latest Reuters poll. Joe Biden is completely underwater. By the way, these Re- these Reuters polls, these corporate media polls, are biased by 10 plus points in favor of Democrats. These polls are not legitimate polls. These are the kind of polls that told you that Hillary Clinton would win Texas in 2016, and that she would blow the field out, right? These are the kind of polls that told you, you know, all manner of, of, like, that Donald Trump would lose 40 states in 2020. These are the kind of polls. Their polling is completely broken, so, and they are in favor of Democrats. So when you see a poll like this, you should be shocked. It is actually much, much worse for Joe Biden than this poll is indicating. Biden's popularity has been declining since mid-August as the U.S.-backed Afghan government collapsed as COVID-19-related deaths surged across the country. While most Americans support the kind of vaccine and mass requirements that Biden has ordered recently to slow the spread, that also disputed, uh, some Republicans have criticized what they consider to be an overreach by the White House. Weekly polls showed the number of Americans who approved of Biden's response to the pandemic dropped below 50%. Well, if you're losing in COVID, if you're, if you're losing in COVID, which was the only leg that Biden had to stand on, the only strong point for the Biden administration, then you truly are lost. This presidency truly is lost. Indeed, those polls showing that Hillary Clinton could win Texas or that Joe Biden could win Texas are also now trying to show that Beto O'Rourke could win Texas. That's right. Beto has announced your favorite, favorite surfboarding, skateboarding, sheep-wearing 
costume. You've seen this footage, right? Of Beto O'Rourke, like, like dress it, dressing up as a sheep, like LARPing, uh, being a furry in a, uh, in a, in a, in a garage band. Right, it's super weird stuff. It's, it, Beto O'Rourke dresses up as a sheep and then tra plays guitar in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, like a LARPer furry band. Anyway, Beto has announced. <laughs> Beto has announced that he is going to take his sheep-like followers and ask them to vote for him for his new office that he plans to run for the Texas governor's office. That's right, according to Axios, Beto O'Rourke plans to run for the Texas governor's race. Beto O'Rourke has, in recent years, failed miserably to getting any traction as a Democratic candidate for president in 2020, and then also failed miserably against Ted Cruz in a race that I thought was a lot closer than it ever deserved to be. Uh, Ted Cruz got back up on the horse in the very end there, ended up winning by a couple million votes, but nonetheless, it uh, was a scare for Republican Ted Cruz in a traditionally very blood-red state. Former Representative Beto O'Rourke is preparing to run for governor of Texas in 2022, with an announcement expected later this year, Texas political operatives tell Axios. Why it matters. O'Rourke's entry would give Democrats a high-profile candidate with national fundraising network. That is true. Beto O'Rourke can raise some money, but he hasn't been able to turn that money into a win. He would be running in a complicated political environment. Immigration is surging in the southern border on the southern border, and Democrats at the national level will embrace it for a brutal midterm election and potentially losing the White House, the House of Representatives in 2022. Losing the White House, yes, a little wishful, wishful Freudian thinking there. A new poll from the Dallas Morning News shows that O'Rourke has narrowed the gap between Abbott and a hypothetical matchup. Over the summer, Abbott has seen his approval rating sink to 41%, with 50% disapproving. So, we have a situation here, again, where the polls are going to try and tell the story. The broken polling systems inside of our corporate media are going to try and buoy the candidates that they want to buoy. They're going to try and indicate that Republicans are going to lose Texas. This is the eternal headline that Republicans are going to lose in a blue, ever blue turning Texas. Of course, that is uh, uh, that is, of course, uh, debunked by the fact that Democrats are losing across the state of Texas and that traditionally blue the traditionally blue valley uh, directly on the border is now flipping red and rock solid red uh, as those districts begin to see the crisis and the chaos of open borders. They are turning. These historically very heavy Latino communities are turning to Republicans. This is happening in McAllen, Texas, for instance. But also, Beto O'Rourke is just culturally... Uh, he's culturally left of like, the Hollywood Hills, right? Like he's culturally left of uh, uh, San Francisco and, and Manhattan. This is the guy who said, hell yes, we will take your AR-15. Do you remember? You've gone further. You said, quote, Americans who own AR-15s and AK-47s will have to sell them to the government, all of them. You know, the critics call this confiscation. Are you proposing taking away their guns and how would this work? I am, if it's a weapon that was designed to kill people. Hell yes, we're gonna take your AR-15, your AK-47. Beto O'Rourke is the guy who said that anthem kneeling, kneeling for our national anthem, remember this is where America's team, quote unquote, the Cowboys play in the state of Texas, in Dallas, very patriotic state, if anything. He said that there's nothing more American than disgracing your national anthem. Yes, he did, listen. 
While the eyes of this country are watching these games, they take a knee to bring our attention and our focus to this problem to ensure that we fix it. That is why they are doing it. And I can think of nothing more American than to peacefully stand up or take a knee for your rights. And now in the midst of a invasion of Texas, in the midst of the most horrific border crisis and anyone who lives in Texas, anyone who lives in Texas will tell you how much crime has skyrocketed, how much lawlessness has skyrocketed. There were mass shootings in Deep Ellum in Dallas this weekend. Everyone will tell you that the state is heading south very, very fast and all of them attribute it to open borders. Well, Beto O'Rourke says, no, 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 open borders are not the problem. We need more open borders and we do not need a wall. The wall, by the way, very popular in the state of Texas. Listen to this. Immigration is a very hot issue in border security right now. How are you on the wall? We, we don't need a wall. Um, so Beto O'Rourke, of course, faces a cultural uphill battle, and culture is what this show is about. Culture is so important in a place like Texas. It is indeed what ties this country together. More and more, it is becoming scary because you don't share a culture with people on the other side of the aisle. You're not sharing a culture as much as we used to. We need to get back to that. It's how you lose a country, quite frankly, if you do not have a shared culture. In Texas, we're going to be following this race very, very closely because if Beto O'Rourke can start to gain traction in this state, statewide, then you're going to have a real problem on your hands culturally. It's going to become damn near impossible for any Republican to ever win again. But luckily, we have a situation breaking news, uh, breaking news just just in the last few hours that the Democrats will not be able to get a pathway to citizenship inside of their uh, infrastructure reconciliation plan. So any uh, plan to try and flood the voter rolls in a state like Texas uh, with former criminal illegal migrants uh, onto those voter rolls, uh, that plan has now been scuttled. And so it certainly looks like, hopefully, with also some of the election integrity laws that have been passed recently in Texas, uh, that Democrats would have to win this thing fair and square. And in that situation, there is just such a out-of-lockstep, out-of-lockstep truly with even like Manhattan elites. I mean, Beto O'Rourke is 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 left of Stalin. He's left of, of of Karl Marx's corpse. And so you have truly like a you'd have truly a, a magic moment where they would have to really reinvent the guy. And I just don't I just don't think it's I don't think it's possible. I really don't think it's possible. But I look forward to watching that race very, very closely indeed. We're going to be watching a lot of these polls very closely. It's going to be a bruising week for Joe Biden, and we look forward to bringing you all of the highlights of it. This is uh, this has been such a exciting first week launch of this show. We thank you all so very much. We were in the top ten podcasts uh, in in the country for politics. We were uh, in the top forty podcasts in the world, and we sure do appreciate all of you. We are here for independent media, independent voices. They are so important right now. The corporate media wants a stranglehold on our narratives, on our stories, and the stories we tell ourselves. We will lose our country if we do not continue to tell a true story, a patriotic story, and a story that you want to hear. Please support us by subscribing and by liking and by sharing this podcast. We sure do appreciate all of you. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with three more stories that you've got to see. And my wife's been telling me I got to start putting in good news. So we're going to have a good news segment on every single show we're going to start working in. Uh, but this was just too much, too much, uh, 
too much drinking out of a fire hose this weekend. A lot of breaking stories. We appreciate all of your support. We will see you tomorrow.